Yo, what's going on? It's your main man, Rick the Dawn. Hey, what's going on, y'all? So I finally caught up. Thank you for waiting on me. Thank you for clicking on this video. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the channel. Don't forget, you can listen on the go at the Rick the Dawn podcast. You should see a link somewhere in the comment section, the descriptions. Check it out. So I want to talk about this evil light because the light is extremely uh, off-putting. Uh, Mark brought the light into the house as a way to give each of the couples a sneak peek into the other villa. And I understand why they're doing it. They're trying to mix up the season, do something they've never done before. And I like it. I didn't know I would like it, but I do like it. And I was thinking to myself, this light is absolutely terrible. In fact, uh, being married, if I had one of these lights and anytime, you know, my wife went out, you know, in a, in a relationship, that's kind of what happens. You start to wonder, especially the longer you get into it or the longer you're in a relationship, sometimes you can't help yourself. You have those insecurities or those moments where you feel like, are they being 100? Are they being who they appear to be when they're with me? And this light would be awesome. I wish they would sell this thing on Amazon, <laughs> but they don't. But no, uh, it's evil because what happens is the reaction to the light is what you really uh, have to see. You see that the women more so than the guys, the women especially, they're terrified that this light will give them a warning or a signal that their, their, their boyfriends are not that the women were disproportionately more concerned about this light. And throughout the night, you see this light go off. And again, I think it goes off twice for the ladies' side. And the entire place stops. When the light goes off, all the dancing stops. All the, Everything stops. Now, this is also good news for the single guys who's trying to push up on the ladies that are in couples or relationships because they realize that because of this light, the women are going to start to open up a little bit more. And for a few of the women it does happen that way where they see it as a challenge and the two ladies who saw the light as a challenge was very surprising to me that being caitlin and Mar maricella i did not expect caitlin and maricella to see this light as a challenge and start to go off because i would have put my money on the fact that both uh, caitlin and maricella were the more more safer women but it turns out they just went hard and went crazy. So this light was a challenge to them. And that's what I was worried would could possibly happen. Um, on the other side, the light did go off. And it turns out it was Maricela of all the ladies. I would have never guessed. If you would have said, Rick, who is this light going to go off for first? I would have said, no question about it. Vanessa's going to do something. Or Paris second might do something to throw off this light. But it was actually Maricela who started to kind of dig the little guy who's been putting on little moves on her. and. You know, I think she's starting to feel more and more liberated because she did state in this episode that Chris can be a little controlling. And it made me wonder to myself, what do people want? I was going to say, what do women want? But I feel like this is something that all people struggle with, male and female. What do people want? It's almost like when it comes to relationships, you can't win. If you if you if you give a person too much freedom, they're going to say, oh, they don't care about me. If you, you know, watch every move they make and listen to their heartbeat at night, they're going to say they feel smothered. If you pay all the bills and you, uh, you know, you do everything like that, you take care of all the housework, it's going to be, oh, I'm controlled. It's like, how do you win? And I did hear Maricela bring that up and it threw me off a little bit. You know, she talked about how she felt kind of controlled with Chris. And I just said, no, I don't it is what it is. You just, you just can't win when it comes to these kind of things. And Vanessa kind of pointed out the opposite where she feels like she wants more security like she had in the previous relationship. And that is why she's so rough on the exterior. Uh, but anyway, we saw the light go off. And of course, no one expected it to be Mar Maricela. I think Great would have probably thought it was him, but it wasn't. Uh, but yeah, the light seems to be a, a huge source of, um, you know, worry, a huge source of conflict. 
And man, it was crazy to see this light in action. I absolutely enjoy it. I feel like they took the whole concept from that show on Netflix. I don't remember what it's called, where if you do anything bad, the light comes on. I forget what it's called. You probably know what it is. I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't remember the name at the moment. But <clears throat> yeah, so that happens. But I want to go ahead and jump into these couples real quick. First off, I want to talk about Great in Paris, man. What a crazy episode for this couple. And let's just jump right in. First off, there was a little cat fight between the two ladies who find Great attractive. And Nafisa, I believe her name is, she ended up winning the cat fight because in this episode, her and Great sleep with each other. And man, let me tell you something. It was crazy. So the, they, they have a party. And when a party concludes, they call it a prom. And after the prom concludes, Great and Nafisa go into their room and... The, uh, the third party, the other young lady who didn't win, she kind of jumps in or goes into the room to try to break things up. And it was incredibly awkward. And, you know, it's really sad because sometimes people don't realize that someone's not for them. Uh, your heart can sometimes lead you in the wrong direction to have you like the wrong person. But, you know, one thing that you always have to do, and this is something that took me a long time to learn, is when it comes to love, you have to look at the signs. You have to look at what's going on. Don't listen to your heart sometimes. And I know I don't mean that literally, but, you know, of course, I'm saying you know, sometimes don't listen to your, your, your mind, your emotions. Listen to what you see, what you're seeing happen. And in this case, if you see a guy going to a room with another young lady, I mean, at that particular point, you, you better start working on reversing your feelings for that person. Because apparently, if they're willing to embarrass you and disrespect you right to your face, just imagine what they'll do behind your back. And when he goes into, I should, I should say, great. When great goes into the room with Nafisa, I forget her name, but the young lady should have just said, OK, there's nothing there. But she doesn't. She goes in and kind of embarrasses herself and then leaves and they laugh and have a laugh at her expense. And then, of course, spend the night together and do what they do. And, of course, that caused the light to go on for the ladies' villa. And it was funny because none of the ladies wanted to claim that light. They were like, oh, that ain't my guy. Oh, my guy couldn't be doing that. And at one point, all four of them say the exact same thing. And you wonder to yourself, hey, so if it's not your guy, your guy, your guy, your guy, then who, whose guy is over there acting out and causing this red light to blow up? And it turns out it was great in the FISA. And it sucked. It sucked. But you know what? I'm going to be real with you. I don't feel as bad as I did before because Paris has been going crazy with Tajik. Um, she's been flirting with this guy. She's been kissing this guy. And I think that kiss that great saw at Bonfire was enough to set him off and say, you know what? My girl is gone. Um, I, he saw her and Tajik kissing. And he heard what she said when she first saw Tajik. And how he made her weak and all that. So just seeing that was confirmation. And what Great tends to do is he puts her under this microscope. And it's a very unfair microscope. Several times in this episode, I heard him say, I always wanted to know what she does when I'm not around. And now I see it. But it's like, great. How can you have that expectation of Paris when you are actually sleeping with Nafisa? And mind you, he slept with Nafisa without seeing anything Paris and Tajik were doing on that night. So it was just his, you know, his insecurities, um, his manhood <clears throat> and all that kind of stuff being damaged that, you know, he decided I'm just going to go far left and just do what I want to do. But, yeah, Paris and Tajik, they continue their flirting. They have a little argument because you see that Paris is trying to steer Tajik in a certain way and trying to make him, you know, confess his feelings for her. And it goes absolutely left because she gives Tajik a ultimatum and Tajik plays it like the excellent F boy that he is. And he says, look, if you don't want uh, she basically does like this. She says, if 
you don't want to open up to me, then go date some other girls. And he played it perfectly because women love the bad boy. Women, not all, but a lot of women love the bad boy. A lot of women like what they can't have or the guy they can't have and the guy they won't be the simp, as they call it these days. So when she gives Tajik this ultimatum, like she's expecting him to kind of do what great might do and just kind of give him. All right, well, I'll just tell you that. Well, no, Tajik says, no, that's fine. If you don't, you know, respect the way that I move because I don't want to move fast. I don't want to move slow. I want to move naturally if you don't respect that then fine i'll go ahead and try the other girls because last time i checked vanessa is kind of looking out for me that's what he's probably thinking <clears throat> and she knows that and he walks away that was the classic move i call it an f-boy move because I, like, like i said i'm, I'm a uh, self-confessed f-boy i've been there but the point is i really appreciated that from him because as a man in this society, a lot of men are looking pretty weak out here. And I think a lot of women might agree with that. I don't, I don't necessarily see it as a man versus woman thing. It is a thing, though, that I just wish men would, you know, stand, stand proud, stand tall. Don't let people, not just women, don't let anyone manipulate you, try to manipulate your feelings because you are the prize. And I'm saying that to everybody, not just men, not just women, but everyone. You are the prize. If someone is trying to maneuver you and make you do things a certain way, stand your ground and let them leave if they want to. And I think that's what Ty Zeke did. He stood his ground and allowed her to say, hey, you know, if you don't, well, I should say he allowed her to be by herself. Like, hey, if you're not going to respect my movements and how I move, then I will pursue other women in the house. And I, I really respected that, despite the fact that it was a perfect F-boy move. And later that night, they do reconvene and they kind of hug it out and kiss and things like that. And that's how that goes. All right, the next couple I want to talk about is uh, I want to go and jump down to Vanessa and Rob. <clears throat> this this couple is very interesting to me because a lot goes on with this couple. First off, we got to talk about the obvious. Vanessa is grinding all over Bryce. She's twerking over everybody. Um, she's showing Bryce a disproportionate amount of you know sexual aggression. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So we see that, and we go to the bonfire, and Rob sees that Vanessa is saying some very, very greasy things about him, basically saying, like, most of my friends know that I'm dating below my standard. She says these kind of things about Rob, and Rob is having a epiphany. He's realizing that maybe he's been in a bad relationship this entire time, and he's starting to understand that his value is worth more than whatever Vanessa sees. And it was a great moment for me because I've been in these kind of relationships with uh, you know, a woman who feels like because I'm younger or because I make less money or because I'm this, or because I'm that, that for whatever reason, she can kind of push me around. And it took me some time to figure out, wait a minute, I, I, I am who I am. I'm that, I'm that dude. I'm Rick the Don. What, what is she talking about? And, you know, then I start to push back. So it was really good to see him go through that maturation throughout the show and realize that he has value. So much so that, you know, he is moving on. He's starting to mess with that girl. I think her name is Dage, or she's, she's the Latino chick that Ross talking to. And they're getting closer and closer. At one point, they're in the hammock, and they start to kiss. They like lips. And this causes the light at the girl's villa to light up, as you can probably, probably imagine. And Vanessa, let's talk about Vanessa for just a moment. I did not expect anything that I saw from Vanessa this episode outside of the twerking, of course. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect anything else that I saw from Vanessa in this episode. It turns out that she has a soft spot and Rob points out why she is so aggressive and so like, you know, so intense. It's because she was in a 12 year relationship. I'm sorry, 12 year marriage. She got married in 19. Right. Um, and that means that she got divorced at 31. And according to Rob, that marriage is what shaped 
Vanessa's ideology as it relates to relationships. And, and I guess Rob also said that in that relationship, Vanessa will kind of push the guy around. And when the relationship or marriage ended, when she got with Rob, she kind of tried to continue to do the exact same thing. But Rob is saying, wait a minute. And he didn't have this same energy when he was with Vanessa. So it's interesting to see that he's starting to grow and become this kind of this young man that he probably is going to be when he gets Vanessa's age. Because I criticized Vanessa last time at the reaction. And I said, if you want this older guy, this uh, emotionally mature, financially mature guy, to stop dating 24 and 25 year olds. But in this moment, Rob shows a different level of maturity that I think Vanessa might actually find intriguing. And it's sad because she's probably going to lose Rob as a result of some of the things she's saying and doing. Now, the biggest bombshell drop in this episode is how Rob basically points out, like, look, there's no reconciliation between himself and Vanessa, basically saying <clears throat> he's moving on. He said he said it this way. The, the, the longer he's been, the longer he stays away from Vanessa and the more separation and space that they have, the more he realizes that he, he has value and he actually enjoys not being around her. And when she sees that, I hope that she has a moment where she realizes that, you know what, maybe I was wrong. Now, I want to point out something that is incredibly important because I, for all intents and purposes, have villainized Vanessa. But it turns out that she's a sweetheart, man. Who knew? I didn't know Vanessa was such a sweetheart. You know, you see the exterior, you hear the New York accent, you see the big body parts, you see the aggressive demeanor, and you just automatically assume like she's just a diva B word. But the fact of the matter is nobody is just anything. Everybody is built into something based on their experiences. And Vanessa is no different. It turns out that she's afraid, man. Who knew that that was the case? Vanessa is afraid. She's afraid of being hurt. So Naturally, when you see something or someone that's afraid of being hurt, what do they do? They lash out. They want to be the first to strike. <clears throat> and that's what Vanessa is going through. She wants to be the first one to cause the hurt and pain. That's why when she's talking about Rob with the other side of the house, she's saying these nasty things because it would absolutely destroy her if Rob said those things about her. So what do you do in that situation? You say, you know what? I want to be the first one to throw the first punch and I want to make sure this punch lands. And I want to tear Rob down. That's what she's been doing. I've been saying this since my first reaction in episode one's reaction. Uh, Vanessa is a man eater. But now I understand why in my way of seeing her man eating is different. Initially, I thought she was just doing it for the sake of doing it. But now I realize she eats men because she don't want to be eaten. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's what it is. But it turns out she's scared and afraid. She mentioned her first relationship and how she felt so, so uh, secure and how she's kind of looking for that from Rob. But Rob is like, yo, I'm out. I can't deal with the expectations because I'm not that guy. And that's kind of what happened. <clears throat> now, I also wanted to point out something that really surprised me. This episode of all the four women, Vanessa is on her best behavior. Listen, when the red ball comes out, Vanessa busts, bursts into tears. She starts to cry because she realizes that now she can see her pain. When that red bulb comes on at that particular house, she's going to say to herself, this is what she kind of voiced in the episode, she's going to say that's Rob doing something. It didn't even matter that there's three other guys in the house. The fact that that light comes on, she immediately would probably just assume it was Rob. That's how she came across. And she burst into tears. So sad that other men in the villa who are supposed to be trying to tempt her away from her boyfriend are trying to console her. Now, what does a big bad bully wolf like Vanessa do? What is she crying about? What, what is she afraid of? I told you already, she's afraid of being hurt. That's what it is. 
And of all the women in the house, I'm talking about Marcella. I'm talking about Paris. I'm talking about Caitlyn. Well, <laughs> Caitlyn is the exception. But between Marcella, um, Paris, and Vanessa, Vanessa actually does a good job this episode in respecting boundaries, right? Of course, she's twerking all over Bryce. She's twerking all over everybody else. She's talking provocatively. She's dressed provocatively. All that is still true. However, Marcella, she kisses a guy for crying out loud. Um, Paris, she kisses a guy and adores a guy and cooks breakfast for a guy. And don't forget, Paris cannot cook. She admitted that. But she's cooking for Tajik. So they're all breaking all kind of relationship boundary and codes. Uh, but Vanessa, for all intents and purposes, considering all factors and things, she does a good job with respecting her relationship. And we find that out when we get to what up, Myra? Myra's in the building. What's up, my man? Thank you for the congratulations. That's right. We got 2,100 subscribers. I don't know where these people are coming from. I don't know who's watching, but uh, I really appreciate you all. You know, I, I never even really cared about subscriptions and stuff like that. I just said, I'm going to drop content and just do my thing. And, you know, it's kind of cool to see people, you know, like videos and comment on videos and, you know, subscribe to see more. I, I'm, I'm kind of new to the whole thing, man. And I know 2,100 subscribers is very low, but nevertheless, I consider 2,100 people to be family and a family of 2,100 is actually pretty big. So thank you to everybody who subscribed. Thank you, Myra, for reminding me to say that. <clears throat> but I want to point out that... um. Yeah, so Vanessa actually does a good job of respecting her relationship, and it was awesome to see her show some constraint. She showed a lot of vulnerability. I don't know how much of it was editing and how much it much of it was true, but I still like to see it from her because she doesn't show that side of her, herself often. The uh, next couple I want to talk about is Caitlin Hall. I want to say I'm very surprised here. Um, I initially thought that Hall was the aggressor as it related to that 22-year-old young lady that he had been pursuing. And it turns out she actually likes Hall more than I thought that she would. I did not think for a second that she truly liked Hall. But I found out that she does like Hall because in her confessions, when she's having these diary room moments, when she's just talking to the camera, no one's around. She is kind of letting out that she has deep feelings for Hall. And I had no idea this was possible. And I do like what Hall said. You know, I've been giving him a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of just... <laughs> I've been pretty, pretty rough on Hall because I'm like, how can anyone not see the value in Caitlyn? Caitlyn is absolutely beautiful, adorable. She's a sweetheart, all that. Um, but he does a good job with breaking down what I'm seeing as I watch him on film or on screen. He says, Caitlyn verbatim says she is the best person he's ever met. He's the, she's the greatest person he's ever met. And I said, thank you for saying that because I saw the same thing too. Man to man, men know what a good woman look like. Let me tell you something that you don't know. Men know what a good woman look like. When we see a good woman, men know what that looks like. It's a bird whistle, bird call, dog whistle, whatever they call. It's something that happens subconsciously in your mind when you see a good woman. It just happens in your brain. You're like, I can't do certain things with her because she has morals and standards. So I was happy to see that Hall acknowledge that. He says, I really like Caitlin. She's the greatest person I've ever met. I said, thank you for saying that. But... He points out that he knew or knows that deep inside something is not right and she's not his girl. And I said, OK, I can I can sit with that. I can I can I can deal with that. <clears throat> well, um, what I can't tolerate is you acting as if this 22 year old young lady is better than Caitlyn because she's 22 and she wants to have kids. BS on that, bro. BS on that. But when he points out that something deep inside of him is steering him away from Caitlyn, despite the fact that she's amazing. Okay, 
All right, I can dig with that. Now, here's the problem I have. What I think that could be happening is with Hall, he's going through this thing that all men go through. Um, a secret that most women don't know is when it comes to men, the fastest way to our heart is our, you know what I'm saying? It's not our stomach. It doesn't matter what you cook for us. We'll eat Roman noodles for the 30 days straight, okay? We'll eat Roman noodles for 30 days. We'll eat crackers. I mean, Listen, we like food, but nothing beats, you know what I mean? So I think what could be happening here is because he has not slept with um, the young lady that's 22 years old, he's giving her more points. He's valuing her more because the longer a woman sustains from giving a man sexual pleasure, the higher her, her stock rises because it's, it says so much. It says that you know, she has respect for herself. It shows or says she's not easy. A lot of things come with a woman not giving a man sex when they first meet and start to date a lot. And I don't think they know that. And it's so sad. I wish I can just have like a megaphone and just say, women, don't do it to the guy. That's not what a megaphone would sound like. But it would. I'm just saying, women, don't do it. to a, Don't don't give him none. Don't do it. All right. The longer you wait, the longer he'll the more he'll love you. Every day you wait, his heart is growing a little bit more every single day. Don't do it. Don't give in. No. Make him wait 40 days, 50 days. No, don't worry. He won't leave. And if he does leave, the girl that gives it to him, he's going to realize that you are better than her. So he's going to always come back. Don't do it. But it never listened to me, right? So anyway, I'm wondering that, Um, I should say I'm a little uh, nervous that Hall is valuing this 22-year-old young lady because she's very attractive. I mean, very. Uh, you know, big breasts, beautiful smile, beautiful face, freckles. I mean, goodness gracious, young, all the beautiful things men like. She has it in one package and she wants to have kids. However, uh, and then when you look at Caitlin, who's also amazing, which means to me, Hall has good taste. OK, I like Hall's taste. Can I say it? I do. I like his taste. But what it means is, you know, Kate, and I guess with, with, with Caitlin, he's already felt her sexually. So he kind of already knows what what she brings to the table, blah, blah, blah. But I am worried that once Hall gets maybe five to six years in a relationship with this young lady here, the 22 year old, after he's been with her for five, six, seven years, um, either her or he may be disinterested because it was never based off of love. Listen, the show is called Tem a Temptation Island and Hall is, for all intents and purposes, uh, falling in love with the appearance of this young lady. Let's be realistic. The first thing he saw was those breasts because they was out. I saw them, but I wasn't even looking. I was doing this. And I was like, oh, those are there. So, you know, I think he's reacting to that. And long story short, he didn't get a chance to take her on a date and build a foundation. So I worry that he's falling into a very, very classic trap of falling in love with the outer woman, not the inner woman. Whereas Caitlyn, it's guaranteed, bro. She's inner and outer beauty personified. With this young lady here, I don't, I don't even know, bro. She's so young. And the thing about it that's really terrifying for me and for Hall uh, is that she's going to go through so many changes. When it comes to relationships, let me tell you something. You never marry or date one person. You date a multitude of people. You can meet a woman. You're 21. She's 21. By the time you're both 40, you would have both been 17 different people because you're going to go through all these different changes and metamorphosis throughout life. That is what people might not understand about relationships, about people, about marriage. When you marry somebody, you better be marrying all of the versions of them because they're going to go through so many changes. When things happen to you, to y'all, to him, to her, when things happen, you change. 
And I would argue that every single day you change. No one's the same person, uh, you know, two days in a row. That's just my personal opinion. I think every single day people change. That's why when people from middle school or high school, when they see me, it's like, bro, you don't know me no more. Okay, because I'm not that same person you knew back in 2004. Let me tell you, I'm a whole different guy now because I went through so many sequences and changes. And the same is true for relationships. When you meet somebody, you're not meeting. I mean, I'm sorry, when you date someone and you marry someone, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're going to have this package and it's going to never fluctuate. No, when you marry somebody, you, you, you're you marrying 25 people, uh, especially the longer the relationship goes. You're going to you're marrying 25 or more people because they're going to constantly evolve. Just naturally. And with this 22-year-old, yes, she is cool to date an older guy now. But as time progresses and she finds out more about Hall and the honeymoon phase wears off, that's what I that's what it worries me. That's what I'm concerned about. As she becomes 32, which is the same age as Hall right now. 10 years later, when she's 32 and Hall's 42, it might dawn on her that she was manipulated by an older man who just knew more about women and relationships at the time. It, it, and it might not go over well when she finally realizes that, you know, he's been mixing the syrup on her. You know what I mean? So that is what concerns me. Now, on the flip side, we have Kaylin. And I was so surprised by Kaylin's behavior this episode because she does everything that I don't didn't expect from her. She starts to warm up to this one guy. And it shows that when it comes to women, it's all, it's all, it's all about patience. Right. It's not about this quick gratification process that a lot of men seem to indulge in with guys. We're playing checkers. And if you don't know what checkers is, it's a game where you make one move and a lot of stuff start happening. You make a move, you take a player. You make a move, you take a player. But with women, it's more like chess. It's over time. With chess, you build these strategies and these these um, you know these traps for your opponent, and you take pieces over time. It's a more slower and more methodical process. And I feel like with women, that's how they're wired. You know, you're not going to go to a woman and instantly, you know, push her buttons. And it's not always the case because we've seen in this episode where, uh, well, actually every episode that Paris was instantly attracted to Tajik. So maybe it's a little checkers going on there. But the point is, um, this guy that I'm talking about seems to have just worn down the defenses of Caitlyn because quite frankly, Caitlyn is probably not happy either. We know what happened. She was dating, dating Hall for three years. He left her, abandoned her, which is insane to even think about. And then he comes back because, hey, Caitlyn's freaking amazing. And, you know, they kind of pick up where they left off. But the bigger point is, you know, maybe she's not happy. Maybe there's something internally that she hasn't dealt with with regards to abandonment from Hall. But anyway, this guy kind of wears her down. And man, let me tell you, he wears all the way down. And they, she, he, I don't know how he pulled this off. Okay. I'm not sure how he pulled this off. This is how, this is why I say no matter how tall the fence is as it relates to a woman, um, they can always be, you know, manipulated in some way, shape, or form because this guy is able to get a woman who I thought was unapproachable, un takeable he's able to unscrew the screws and get her to sleep in him sleep with him in bed and not only that and we're not talking about sex okay we're talking about just sleeping in the bed with the same you know we didn't even you know this is the same uh situation where in the last episode caitlin left a guy in her bed because she didn't feel comfortable with sleeping with the guy at the time she slept on the couch we're talking about that caitlin in this episode that caitlin says screw the rules i'm sleeping in the bed with the guy and this is a different guy by the way which makes that other guy look look kind of silly. Um, but anyway, she sleeps in the same bed with the guy and she kisses him. I'm like, Caitlin, I don't even know you anymore. Right. And once Hall sees that, 
he is going to flip out because Hall has convinced himself that it's all about him. And up until that point, it has been. Even when he dated Caitlyn for three years, left, came back for another five, it was all about what Hall wanted. And I can't wait. I am just salivating. I'm just biting in my chops. I cannot wait for Hall to see Caitlyn and build that uh, tall uh, Romanian Hispanic. I don't know what he is. I can't wait for him to see Caitlyn in the bed with that guy tonguing it up because Hall need a reality check. He really do. And he said it himself. So I'm not being hard on Hall. Uh, people might think I'm always hard on Hall, but he said it himself. He told that 22 year old, he said, look, um, I, you know, let me know right now. What are you doing to me? What are you doing? That's what he says to her. He says, what are you doing? Um, I deserve to, he said he deserved to have his heart broken because he knows how he's done other women, especially Caitlyn. So he's like, look, just hit him with it already. Like I, he knows uh, that she's his temptation and that ultimately she's going to break his heart. So he's like, Yo, just just tell me right now. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? So that's how Hall is. He's he's been rough when it comes to relationships. He hasn't been a good husband, a good boyfriend, or nothing. So I think he already expects something in return, i.e., karma or via karma. But um, I can't wait to he sees Caitlyn and that be with the other guy, and maybe he'll snap out of that haze that he's in because that 22 year old got him in a haze and the days and the phase and all other clouds that you can name. Uh, but when he's once once he sees that, <clears throat> he's either gonna have one or two reactions. He's gonna say, okay, I'm done with Caitlyn. And I'm going this way. I'm happy that she's with somebody and she's having her, you know, her juices flowing, all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to go this route or he's going to feel conflicted. I think Hall, because I, I, I personally think he's more like a narcissist to some degree, a nice one. Uh, but I do think he thinks everything revolves around him. And I believe that once he sees that situation go down with Caitlyn kissing that guy, I think he's going to have a, a a return to self moment. He's going to realize that, yo, I could, you know, despite this nice 22 year old girl here, um, he could lose Caitlyn. And I think he's the kind of guy who wants his cake, and I think he wants to eat it too, which is why he was in a relationship, which was his cake, and then he left his relationship, and he ate it too. And then guess what? He came back to the cake and still got the cake too. So I think he just thinks he can kind of flip-flop and do what he wants, and Caitlin will be there for all the games. But let me tell you something. This guy right here, he got the hair on the chest. He got the Rico Suave little drip drop thing on his head. Let me tell you something. He going to take Caitlin from her. I can't wait till he do it because I'm so tired of Caitlin being with this guy. I cannot stand awesome. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to say these things personally, but I can't stand Hall sometimes, man. He be driving me crazy sometimes. Um, but I am worried about Hall. I think that he might be falling for the sauce. She's young, she's attractive. Hey, bro. But once you know you finally get to see her without makeup, you get to see her in mom mode because that's what he keeps talking about. He wants to have a kid so bad. Let me tell you something. Uh, these sexy IG models, all that, they don't look like that all, all day long. When they go home, they put that bonnet on, right? I can't stand a bonnet. Let me tell you something. I can't stand a bonnet. I cannot stand about it. I am about to go to, I'm about to uh, enact a, you know, some kind of men's rally cry. We got to go to war on these bonnets, man. Anyway, I'm off topic. The point is, once he sees her in mom mode and sees her with that bonnet on, I don't know if she's white. I don't know if she wear a bonnet, but once he sees her with that bonnet on or whatever she wear, Right or her hair wrapped up, and he see her in those big old big giant grandma panties on, and she see he see her with them socks on, them big old socks that's rolled up to the kneecap. Is he gonna still see that twenty two year old girl out there with that bikini with her breasts all out? I don't know about that, and that's what I came with him to find out. But nevertheless, uh, I want to get to the last couple, Maricela and Christopher. Man, this was a hard, hard couple to watch in this episode because let me tell you something, it was just so 
hard to, okay? First off, I have been giving Maricela all the praise because I've been saying to myself, now that's a good woman right there. Man, was I wrong. And I've always, I've, I'm wrong a lot, so I'm not that surprised. But Maricela has the most crazy relationship arc or personality swing that you can possibly imagine. Um, This entire time, she's been looking for liberation. She says that Chris is too controlling, but she likes it. It's not like Chris is Ike Turner and forcing her to do this or forcing her to do that. His control comes in the way of trying to help her get better. And that's what Chris ultimately thinks he's doing. He's thinking that giving her these these uh, redirections, I'll call them that, saying, hey, you shouldn't do this, but try this. You shouldn't be doing that. Try this. You shouldn't be sleeping. Go to work. You shouldn't be doing that. Fill out an application. Like he thinks he's redirecting her and motivating her, whereas uh, Maricela is seeing that push and motivation as control. Like, hey, I do want to just lay down on the couch. I don't want someone to tell me that I'm not doing a good job because I'm laying down on the couch. <clears throat> so uh, in a way, like his pushing and prodding has kind of pushed her away. And, you know, up until this episode, she had been doing a really good job. But man, a huge turn. When she sees that light go on, that evil light go on from the guy's villa, that lets her know that some somebody, one of the four ladies guys, is doing something inappropriate with the young lady on that side. And she says, look, it's time to go hard. And she sees it as a challenge. And at that particular moment, she invites a guy to her room. She puts her legs all on the guy. I'm like, who? Marisella. I don't know you anymore. So that sweet girl that's real nice, that's faithful no matter what, she is not that. She is a young lady who wants to experience things and she is looking for direction. And man, let me tell you, she's going to find what she's looking for because she put herself out there real, real far this episode. And it was so hard to watch because Chris still thinking that he has the same Maricela. Oh, boy, this is a different Maricela. And, you know, turns out, no, she's not the innocent, faithful, never, you know, faithful chick that he thought she was. And. You know, we saw a situation where Chris is in the hammock with the young lady, the young lady he's been crushing on, the young lady he likes. And he's been he's been doing everything he possibly can not to go too far. I mean, this guy has incredible restraint and dare I say respect for himself because he's in a hammock with a nice looking young lady that he you know, he finds attractive. But because he has Maricela on the other side, he wants to be respectful of her feelings and he's hugging her and putting his head on her shoulder in moments where the average man would be kissing that young lady. But it turns out he's showing restraint out of respect for Maricela. And he even confesses later the next day, like, yo, I, I was, I was, he got, he had an erection basically because he was so intrigued with this young lady. But because of Maricela, he wanted to show respect. And it was so hard to watch as he's showing that same restraint and same respect. Maricela is over there getting it down. I mean, uh, I forget. I think she uh, put her legs on the guy. And I want to say she even kissed the guy. I can't remember for sure. But I know that for a fact, she got real cuddly with the guy. I mean, we're talking about, uh, oh, yeah, they, they, were, they were kissing. That's what it was. They were under the covers kissing. And it was so hard to watch because Christopher was like, yo, are they, are they doing something? Because they were watching at the bonfire. <clears throat> And Chris is like, yo, are they doing something? And I'm like, no, Chris, they're not doing it. They're just kissing. But he didn't even expect Maricela to do that. And I will say this uh, regrettably that not regrettably, I will say I will say this begrudgingly that Mark makes a good point. He says, look, um, Chris, I know what you're seeing. You're seeing Maricela under the covers kissing a guy. Uh, and I know you saw a clip of her legs over the guy. And I know you saw a clip of her busting up. <laughs> but he like, yo, uh, look, 
You know, the same way you were in the hammock with a young lady and you were hugging her, that could also come across as um, intimacy and maybe even uh, inappropriate. And you would like the space, Chris, to be able to explore those feelings without judgment. Well, that's what Maricela is doing. She's over there. She's trying to explore herself and she's trying to find out who she is as a woman and what she wants. And you need to give her that space. But I was like, bullcrap, Mark. Bull crap! because Christopher was in a hammock with a, a nice looking young lady. He hugged her. He put his head on her shoulder and maybe their legs, their, their legs touched. That was about it. But when it came to Maricela, she put her legs on the guy's neck. Uh, his head was in her bosom. Right. They were hugging. They were kissing under the covers. He had slept over. That's a big difference. And naturally, Christopher breaks down. He just cannot believe what he sees. And he says, you know what? I'm done with this relationship. I can't go forward with this relationship because that is not who I thought she was. And it goes back to the point I just said. When it comes to relationships, you're not with one person. You're with multiple people. As they change over time, you have to change to like that new version of them. And if not, that's where you get divorced. I mean, it's not a mystery. You know, you find two people who are in love with each other. Um, in the beginning, they're all over each other, infatuated with each other. How does it go from infatuation to divorce? Because those people over time start to change and do different things. And unfortunately, not everybody understands that and gives their partner room to grow and change. So they hold them to this standard that they, you know, that, that he held or she held that person to when they first met. And that standard just doesn't apply anymore. Same thing with Marcella. So with Chris, He's still looking at her as day one, Maricela, when Maricela is day, no, how about this? This is year six, year five. I'm not sure how they how long they've been together, but this is like year three, Maricela. This is not day one, Maricela, Chris, and you're going to have to make some adjustments or you're going to have to pack it up and leave. But nevertheless, uh, it was hard to see him really, really tortured because, man, let me tell you, I don't know what these people are doing. You can you cannot take your, your mate, your, your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, girlfriend to a show called Temptation Island where they'll be on another side of the villa with singles that look amazing and expect them not to do anything at all. Like, what world are these people living in? So it was really hard to see. Now, man, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It was hard to see. Now, I hope that Maricela doesn't make the mistake in thinking that she has found love and that, you know, Chris is not a good guy because, you know, everybody likes the new shiny toy. But it doesn't mean that that toy is better than all the stuff you've had prior. It just means it's new. So it's more intriguing for the moment. But once you, you know, give it two or three more years, is it really worth giving up everything you've worked on with Chris? I'm not sure, Maricela. I'm not sure about that. But um, it made me think watching this episode and seeing the two women who I argue were the strongest morally and emotionally, seeing them break. It was so hard watching both of these women break. Uh, Maricela and Kaylin, they both cracked. They both kissed. They both were in beds with guys. And it taught me something. You know, and I, I thought I knew this, but maybe I didn't. Man, there is not a such thing as faithfulness, man. It's, it's really hard to say that people are faithful. You know what it is? It's not that they're faithful. It's just that they haven't been tempted or pushed hard enough. I would argue that a great percentage of husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends would crack under the right pressure. Um, and I say right because maybe the right guy hasn't pushed your girl or maybe the right girl hasn't pressed your guy. But if they did, you might be a rap. So how do you avoid that when you're in a marriage or in a relationship? I'll tell you, and it's only really one or two answers, but the one I know is just avoid temptation at all costs because if you put yourself in the line of fire, you're going to get hit. All right. Trying to 
you know, act as if temptation is not a factor in a relationship. It's the same as think or it's the same as a soldier walking in the middle of a battlefield where guns and bullets are flying all over the place and thinking he won't get or she won't get hit. You won't get hit if you put yourself in the line of fire. If you are a faithful girlfriend and you keep going out with single chicks that's around single guys, sooner or later you're going to get hit. Okay, if you are a faithful guy, and you keep going to strip clubs, you keep hanging out with guys who hang out with single women. Pretty soon you're going to get hit because it's just it's just it's hard to it's it's so difficult to deny your own inner ambitions, like your own inner like, you know, it's, it's so hard to deny that because let me tell you something, at least for guys. I'm not sure how it is for women, but at least for guys, man, we look at women all day long and that's whether we want to or not. I've seen women that I don't even find attractive. I looked at them and it's like. And I had to catch myself like, bro, what are you looking at? It's like it's it's a natural reaction. Uh, you know, it's just crazy how that works. So if you think you're going to tempt temptation, if you will, and never get hit, it's just good luck on that. The best way to be temptation is just to avoid temptation. That means when your girl say, hey, girl, you want to come out with us? Ask where they're going. Where y'all going? Oh, we're going to the Usher concert. Nope. Not doing it. Mm-mm. You better, you better deny. Hey, hey, fellas, we are going. Y'all you, you, you want some company? Yeah, man, we want some company. We're going to the strip club. Nope, I'm not doing it. That's the only way to, to, to be temptation because otherwise you're going to get hit somewhere, somehow. Let me tell you something. Man, I'm starting. This show is showing me there's no such thing as faithful. It's just avoidance. <laughs> Caitlin wasn't faithful this entire time. It just, you know, she was avoiding temptation. She was doing this, but. You know, when you're around these guys all day long, your arm gonna get tired at some point, and you're gonna get tired. You're gonna have to put your arm down. You're gonna have to twist your neck, and you're gonna see something like, "Oh, I didn't." And it's over. It is over, right? Marcella, mm-mm, wasn't faithful. She just was doing this, but then her eye start itching, and then she opened her eye. Oh, it's a guy there, right? And now Chris is about to go hamburger. Let me tell you, next episode, Chris is gonna go hamburger. Let me tell you. All right. So anyway, that is my reaction to the episode. Heck of an episode. I, I thought this was the best episode so far. And uh, hopefully I did it justice. Um, if you enjoyed this, you know what you, you, know you got to do. I got to tell you all the stuff to do. All right. I'll let you stay safe. Peace.